Hey folks, Steve Lewis here. Welcome to Relevance for today. Thanks for tuning in. This is part two of the amazing interview with Pastor Jamie Hargett. If you have not seen part one, please stop what you're doing and go listen to part one first, okay? With that being said, hey, listen folks, stay tuned. This is powerful. Okay, folks, thanks for tuning in to part two, sitting down with Pastor Jamie Hargett. Of course, I'm in Maine. He's all the way over in Nebraska. But thank God for technology. We're able to record this long distance. So we're going to jump right in because I tell you what, part one was powerful. Once again, if you have not listened to it, please stop and listen to that one first because it's amazing, folks. It's amazing. So, hey, Jamie Good to be talking with you again. <laughs> yes, sir, brother. It's still good to be with you. Yes. Thank you for what you're doing for um, for God and for the world. It yep. matters. Yes, sir. Definitely. Love you, man. It's good to be talking to you, Jamie. We've known each other for over 23 years. And, uh, hey, we're, we've shared how things spiraled down. And the last thing we talked about in part one was the terrible car accident that put you and Teresa in the hospital. So we'll just continue on from there. Yes, sir. Well, I'd like to tell everybody that um, thank you for listening mm-hmm. this far and thank you for uh, listening to Brother Steve and uh, God's will be done in your life. Mm-hmm. I love you. You matter. Mm-hmm. You're important. Yes. And I'm coming to you from a man who's been broken to pieces. Mm and has been put back together by the gentle, loving hand of God Almighty. And so I want to tell you that that whatever you're going through today, you're about to hear how God can turn it all around, because that's what happened to me. Amen. In 2008, or November 28th of 2007, I went to go around about three cars in an old farm truck coming out of a, a town of Clinton, Missouri. And um, in those two-lane roads, brother, you'll have an old farm truck that's just doing about 40 miles down mm-hmm. or down the road. And so everybody goes around him. Well, I, we kind of come around this little curve, long straightaway, nice sunny day, clears a bell. We're not... Uh, I wasn't on anything, wasn't drinking. I just thought, well, I'll go around the cars and everybody will come around me and we'll all just go around this farm truck. Right. Well, when that happened, I went around and just as I was almost around, uh, the truck turned Mm. and I saw it. So I tried to veer around it and it caught the very tail end of our car and like a pit maneuver, we were spun out. And it rolled the car, partially ejecting my fiance. And I hit the highway, but I stayed in the car. But I, I couldn't remember during the accident, the rollover. I hit the highway, broke my back. My wife was hanging inside and out of the car, was unconscious. And um, my little three-year-old boy was in the back of the car. Praise God for car seats. Mm. He didn't have a scratch on him. But I found out later that the old farm truck had, didn't have any brake lights or blinkers. And this woman had had her arm out the window prior to this incident, and I didn't know it. And um, she was turning into a road there. 
And so here we are. There's a life light helicopter to get my wife. And, and I'm in the hospital for five days. She ends up, Teresa is her name, beautiful woman, yeah. love of my life, has a traumatic brain injury. It left her a quadriplegic. They didn't know if she was going to live. And I was across Kansas City in a the hospital there uh, with a severe broken back. And I had... Um, um, I didn't realize the severity of her injuries until my aunt came and got me and, and I'm in the back brace and I go there and I saw how bad it was and I'll tell you Steve I just broke down and I couldn't believe what had happened because mm. we were building our life up Yeah, we'd come through so many obstacles deep dark um, you know yeah. time in my life of depression I had been using and and uh, using all these drugs and, and our life was hard and and we were working our way back I found a good job I was at this foundry I was moving up in the company I was about to be hired on full time it really looked like our life was turning around we were about to buy a home we'd stopped doing some of these things that were destroying our lives mm-hmm. we were really headed for what I thought what both of us thought we were going to you know we turned our lives around we'd re- uh, strengthened our commitment to one another. She had been stuck by my side through thick and thin. Right. We had overcome all these obstacles of our past. We had a beautiful home life. We had two little boys. And this looked like we were, you know, God, things were really beginning to look up. And we were going to buy a little house and begin, you know, mm-hmm. to, we were talking about going to church and all of a sudden, it all comes it all comes to a head on a on a Tuesday afternoon in the middle of a long straightaway. I just don't I just didn't know how to make sense of it. Right. So I got home and it was about I would say the the fifteenth of December or so and people come around from everywhere, Steve. You know how Windsor is. Oh yeah. It's one big family, so yeah. We had people coming around checking on us. That year was one of the most amazing Christmases we ever had. Presents from the whole town. Wow. And, uh, you know, um, here I am with these two little boys in a back brace Mm. and um, trying to, you know, hold it together and see what's going to come about with my wife. And um, uh, then that vehicle, our car was wrecked and things. And, and, um, I'll never forget that it just hit me on that Christmas, and um, and boy, I mean, it was hard. I had a I had a my cousin come and help me, and you know, and, and I just fell to pieces on that Christmas night. Said, Lord, you know, I don't understand this. I wasn't walking with God then. I wasn't uh, who I am now, mm-hmm. and so um, I'm on these pain pills. And uh, the kids are there, and I mean, I'm hurt. I'm hurt bad that I'm trying to get up to see Teresa. During this time, God had helped me because I was holding it together. I was being a good dad. I was determined to get Teresa to this rehab in uh, Columbia, Missouri, which was I had known two people 
who had been paralyzed and they had worked their way back to normal life. One of them was actually in a halo where his neck was in a halo, you know, Mm -hmm. and and they had worked him back at this rehabilitation center. So I was going up to see Teresa quite regularly. And at one point, Brother Steve, I went up there and got dropped off. And I had the clothes. They let me stay upstairs, which I stayed in a room most of the time. Mm -hmm. And I had $38. I had um, an aunt in Kansas City who would come by and and, uh, help me every once in a while when I called her. She didn't bother me unless I called her and Mm -hmm. asked for a little help. But I remembered that, um, and I stayed there for almost a month with Teresa and uh, because she was fighting for her life, she had terrible fevers. Right. They didn't know if she was going to live. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and gosh, we brother, we were 38 and 39. Jeez. And I mean, everything, we were at the prime of our lives. We yep. just got our lives really going good. Mm-hmm. Our marriage, you know, we were, we were about to be married. Our life was turning around and... Um, You know, all this happens out of nowhere, and so I stayed with her, and um, I want to say that I'll never forget that down in the cafeteria, you could get a bowl of mashed potatoes for a dollar, and they put gravy on it for you, Mm -hmm. and um, it was a good-sized bowl of mashed potatoes. And then I also was able to get one uh, meal voucher a week Mm -hmm. um, from from the pastor there, and so this is a time, brother, where, I mean, everything in my life, everything that I cared about, she was the center of my life. I was in love with her whenever I was uh, 12 years old. And, you know, she was way out of my league, Steve. Right. So <laughs> the fact that, that we were, you know, we went out one night and eight years later, I mean, we didn't part sides. We fell madly in love and um, and fought through all these things together. And, and now, you know, and I'm like, I just don't understand this. So I started going to the chapel there. And and to this day, when I eat mashed potatoes, I, I remember that wow. God sustained me on mashed potatoes, that that $30 lasted a whole month because mm. I had that aunt in Kansas City who helped me. Right. And then I also had that one bowl of mashed potatoes. But on that same floor, just down the hall from the cafeteria, was the chapel. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started going in there. And um, I started going in there and wrestling with God and asking him, God, you got to help because we're not going to make it. Right. I, you got to save her. Mm. This, this can't be, you know, this can't be. And I'll never forget one night when when um, it was just me and the boys the first night, the really right after that great Christmas we had, I was trying to get the boys to sleep. He, Jesse was three, James was five. And here, you know, we all usually slept together with mom in the room. You know, all of us, we had two beds extended in the same bedroom because they were little. Mm-hmm. And here, mom wasn't there. And, uh, you know, we're laying in there, me and the boys, and I said, you guys want to ask Jesus to help mama? Wow. And I'll never forget, because we didn't pray. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't walking with the Lord then. I was just now beginning to not be the crazed, uh, you know, the outlaw. Right. Everybody, you know, I was an outlaw, brother, Mm -hmm. as we talked about in episode one. Yeah. And I was just becoming a family man, and God was working that out of my life when all this happened. 
And my boy James, five years old, jumps up in the middle of that bed, Steve, and puts his hands together on his knees, and he looked up, and he started oh. crying out to God. Wow. And I'll never forget it. Mm. And uh, I just wept. I said, oh, God, what, how are we going to get through this? Yeah. How are you going to get us through this? Mm. I can't do this with these little boys. I need her. Yeah. And Lord, we've just started coming and, you know, getting our lives back together. Mm. How can this happen? How can this be what you have planned for us? Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll mm. never forget that prayer. And I'll never forget. And I want to honor my son, Donald James Hargett III. Yes. He, we call him James. But that boy has pulled me through. He pulled mm. me through when I was lost in my addiction. And he gave me a reason to live. And when all this happened, he stuck right by his dad's side and yes. he never wavered. Mm. So this is the beginning of 2008. And I was up there for a month and I was pouring out to God and I would sit with Teresa and sing songs to her and love on her and fight with her through these things that she was battling and and I had worked with a um, counselor to get her to this place that uh, was in Columbia, and they were talking about maybe sending her to Madonna in in Omaha, which was really scary because I did, you know, I was going to have to move there perhaps and live in an apartment. Right. But we're wondering, you know, there's still hope. You know, because, brother, she didn't have a broken bone on her body, and she didn't have a scratch. If you walked wow. in a room besides the, um, you know, the obvious sweating, and then she had some things hooked up to her, and a, a pressure rod coming out of her, out of her, out of her head, mm -hmm. you would have never known that there was anything wrong with her. Mm. And she couldn't, she couldn't regain her speech. She couldn't move, mm. and but she could blink once for yes, twice for no, and she was oh, perfectly wow. cognitive. Her mind was, there was nothing wrong with her. It, she, her body was just stuck. She was. And it was like, you know, something's got to happen here. Mm -hmm. So we worked through in about March of that year. I was holding the line. I was doing good. The kids, I had family that helped me, and I want to honor them and say thank you. Mm -hmm. And I was keeping off of the... Um, broken road I'd come off of. I didn't turn and go back to doing all these things I'd done before. Right. And I was really trying my best to see this thing through for my, for my fiance, my wife, I would say. And it came time for her to go to a facility in Columbia, Missouri that would help her get back to normalcy. Mm -hmm. And the day that they showed up, the ambulance was downstairs. They were going to move her then. And their fever spiked to 105, and they said, we can't take her. Mm. And I said, what do you mean you can't take her? And they said, she she we, she we cannot be in a facility where she has to, because over 102, they have to put, you have to be put in a facility, and they have to move you to a, a hospital. Gotcha. And they said, we were hoping that her fevers would stabilize so that she wouldn't have this happening, but we can't move her in and out, in and out. Right. And so she's not eligible for our program. Oh, man. 
And I said, what does that mean? And he said, it means she'll probably go to a nursing home and remain this way until, mm. until she expires. And everything I'd been fighting for, everything that I had been hoping for, everything. I mean, it was the day the hospital, the, the, the ambulance was downstairs. Right. It was happening. She was going there. She's going to get better. And then it all fell apart. And it, uh, and yeah. then I, you know, to make a long story short, I did too. Hmm. And brother, within a certain amount of time, I went, I was, I was broke. I had these two kids. We didn't even have a, a, a cell phone. Nobody come around because nobody could understand it. Cause I, when I fell apart, I mean, I broke to the point that inside of my body, my soul twisted. And I, I literally felt that, Steve. I don't know how to explain it to people, mm -hmm. but I would have to. I would tell myself, "Take a drink of water," and I would have to, like I was a, like I was a, in a robot body. I would yep. reach over and grab the water. Mm -hmm. I was fractured apart from my body. I could see the outline of my eye sockets. Sometimes, I was, and and I want to say that this divine brokenness was when I began to, you know, I knew that I was a spirit alive in a body that I, I began to, I began to walk in the spirit. I, my body, my brokenness shattered me apart from the soul spirit body connection where my yep. spirit was alive mm -hmm. and it was hurting so badly that I began to walk in the spirit. And, and it was, it was, and here I could not help her and there was nothing to be done. And uh, I fell apart, Steve, and I'll tell you by that June, um, I took up some of the old ways I knew how to get money, and I won't get into all that here because I won't give the devil any honor. Right, yeah. But I was doing about six, when it all finally come to a head, I was doing about 680 milligram oxycotton <sighs> at a time, injecting them. And that is the equivalent of about, um, you know, 250 yeah. uh, Percocet at a time. And I was doing about three or four times a day mm. and um, uh, trying to fill this void. My yeah. aunt from Nebraska, Penny, Penny Larson and Mike, uh, Penny Steinauer and Mike Steinauer came and got my kids about that time. They knew that I was having a terrible time in life. Right. They knew that Teresa wasn't going to get better. So they come and they took the kids for the summer to Nebraska. Uh, well, it was right about this time we got a settlement. And it wasn't much, but it was $8,000. And and um, by this time, Teresa has moved into a nursing home that was a good facility. She was in one that wasn't that great. Right. And we got her to a good one. And I was falling apart, and I was doing things I should not have done, hmm. and and I was becoming where I was just, you know, I was so broken right. that I would be able to put it on for people uh, pretty well, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I was basically just it was a race to see if I could kill myself before, you right. know, and uh, so in June. I get arrested. They they bust down my door. They're looking for something. They don't find anything. Mm -hmm. 
And lo and behold, the next day after that, they got me with one pill. And so I believe that the Lord had mercy on me, uh, Steve, because I could still be sitting there. You know what I mean? Yeah. God, you God been stopped dead. me, got me off the street. Yep. The day before I got that $8,000, next day I was arrested. Mm. Now, the $8,000 in the hands of a man who's yep. on, a, on a rampage, mm-hmm. on a self-destruct, is enough for him to put himself in the grave. Oh, yeah. And yep. so I get a call with this one one medicine. That the medicine that I was taking was what I that I had I began to abuse that medicine that I was taking. Right. So I was getting it from other people, mm-hmm. and um, I I tell you that uh, I went into that jailhouse, county jail, Clinton, Missouri, Henry County Jail, mm. and. Uh, one, I had one pill that I didn't have in the proper bottle. That was enough. And my probation officer happened to be there. Said, hold him. Wow. Brother, I went into that place. I had the money to bail out and something about something inside of me. God said, don't do it. Hmm. And I went in there and I kicked. This I uh, kicked these this medicine. I kicked it all with my back was still very broken, mm-hmm. and um, and I jerked and went to convulsions for twelve days and twelve nights. I had terrible fevers. I had uh, some delirium. Mm. I had um, you know I basically went through the uh, uh, withdrawals yes. of Turkey and it about killed me, but I did it. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I'll never forget that it, it was actually when it was done, it was done. And that was something else. <laughs> I knew God was talking with. Yeah. And here I was sitting in this cell and to thank God for the men. I want to honor God there too. There were men there and they're helping me. I had to sleep on the bunk. I had to sleep on the floor because I kept jerking out of my bunk at night. Mm. I would land out, fall out and land on the concrete. It was hurt. I was getting hurt doing that. So I had to sleep down there so I could hold on to something to keep from hurting myself in the night going through these withdrawals. And, um, and here I was on when it all finally stopped and I made it through alive and I'm sitting there and I'm, 38 years old, I had spent my whole life overcoming, fighting, battling addiction, battling Mm -hmm. my past, battling who I was, and everything I'd worked for was gone in an instant, one day, just all shattered, and my kids were in, in Nebraska, my wife, the love of my life, was in a hospital in Kansas City, and I'm sitting in jail. And that was harder than the withdrawals because I did not have anything to drown that realization out. Right. Well, I got, I went through 30 days in there and I, and I started, uh, you know, I attended a couple of churches, mm-hmm. but, um, I get out on my own recognizance and I want to tell you, there was a day in there, brother Steve, that I was standing on the table screaming at God. I was cursing God. I was so angry with what had happened. Mm-hmm. And the people in the in the in jail left. They the one guy, this friend of mine that was helping me, said, Brother, God's gonna strike you down. 
And I mean, I just was, I just was letting it out. Right. And you know, that mercy of God that day I got out and I still made, I got out on my own recognizance. I got home, I seen my family, my kids come down and I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. I went and saw my wife. I had a great couple of three or four days. And then after everybody left, it all hit me again. And I went and got a bottle full of pills and I did them all that night. Only this time I didn't have a tolerance. Long story short, August, I go into court and, uh, and I'd worked out a deal to do 25 days of rehab because I'd never been in trouble with, uh, you know, any charges. So I'd never been to prison or anything. Right. And they knew my situation. They were going to have mercy on me. And I went in there and they offered me uh, prison rehab of 180 days or 120 days, excuse me, which is a small bit, but, or you go in and do this thing. And we'd already worked the plea agreement out. And all I had to do was say, I plead to the, to the 20, you know, to the 20 day rehab and come home. Yeah. And when they said the prison rehab, I said, uh, I, I accept. Wow. And they were like, what? And the lawyers were like, yeah, I don't think he understands what was the plea, your honor. And, um, so the probation officer said, just a minute, let me talk to him. And, she pulled me into chambers and she said, what are you doing? You know, uh, you're, you're taking the wrong plea here. I said, uh, her name was Nancy mm-hmm. and she was a great woman in my life, a great influence as a probation officer. She probably saved my life wow, and helped save my life through yep. God's grace. But I told her, I said, I've got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I said, if I don't get somewhere where I can get my head right and get my life turned around Amen. and just deal with this where I'm at. Yep. I said, I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I said, my wife won't have any honor and what she's going through. My kids will be orphans. Wow. And this whole thing is going to end tragically and there'll be no good come out of none of it. If I can't get it together, I'm going to die. Yes. I can't do this anymore. And she said, well, what about your wife? And what about your kids? And I said, I'm going to have to trust God with them for a while. But I got to go get it together or I'm not going to make it. It won't matter what happens because I won't be here. Right. And I, and so I went in there, Steve, and I pled guilty. I'm probably the only guy I know who ever pled guilty to go to prison. Mm. And I got to prison 08, 08, 08. Really? August 8, 2008. Wow. 888 in the Hebrew is the number of Jesus. It's the number of new beginnings. Mm. The prison program they put me in eventually would be called New Beginnings. Wow, look at that. And I went in there, and the first night I went into the bathroom because they had me out in a bunk in the in the hallway waiting to transfer me, and I would be there about a month in this place. Mm-hmm. And I went and I got in that bathroom, and I had, nah, I had, my whole life was, you know, this was the crossroads, brother. This was, that car wreck was you know, that was Egypt, and, I, and, I, and now yes. I was basically at the riverside. And, and if I was going to get anywhere, if I was going to escape this, if I was going to anything good come out of it, I had to get I had to get help from above. Yes. And I went into that bathroom at the prison there, and I got down on my knees, and I said, Lord God Almighty, mm. if I'm going to make it out of this alive, and if, if, if anything can happen, I need help. 
Wow. I'm not going to make it out alive. I can't do this. Yeah. I can't. This is all bigger than me. I can't make it. Mm. My kids need me. Yeah. Teresa needs me. I got to have your help, God. And I gave my life to Jesus that yes. day on 08, 08, 08, 08, 08, 08. Praise God. And I said, Lord, you've got to help me. Mm. I, I don't know what else to do, mm. but I give it all to you. Yes. So that was the day I got saved. It's also my clean date because I, I, I uh, from that day forward, I didn't have anything in my system. And so mm. um, I went to this program and I did really great. Mm-hmm. I had 10 days to the door, Steve. I was working. I was writing my wife every day letters and, uh, you know, encouraging her yep. and, and, um, and, Looking, you know, I had to get through here uh, 120 days, so basically four months. My kids come and see me one time, which gratefully helped me, really helped me to remember what I was fighting for. Right. And I was really doing great in the program. I was discovering the Lord, going to church every day. And 10 days before I was to go home, a man uh, said to me, said some stuff to me and it was early in the morning. I was frustrated. And I said, if you don't shut up, Oh boy, I'm going to put you in a coma. Well, he was new to the program Mm. and uh, he jumped up and went cold on me. They took me down to the hole, put me in the hole and they put me before the board and said, we can't have you in the program. You you know, you might do it. Mm. And so they put me in the hole, Steve, and uh, put me in the hole with a man from Kansas City, a black man from Kansas City. Uh-huh. And uh, they don't do that. You know what I mean? In prison, they don't take a, a hillbilly biker and put him in the hole w- with a dude from Kansas City. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be- especially in the hole because I was ha- I was having a nervous breakdown. Right. It came to the point where a nurse come and said, Mr. Hargett, you got to do push-ups. You got to do something or we're going to put you in a padded room and hose you down. Mm. You, got, you can't, you can't do this. Yeah. Cause I mean, I was yelling, I was screaming. I just couldn't believe this had happened. Mm. And it's, it's a miracle of God's grace. So this brother that I was in, in this hole with this little tiny room. Yep. Which I can't imagine what he was thinking. He's thinking, oh, great. You know, I'm trying to. Now, I'm already, he was already in the hole. So now right. he's thinking, you know, what am I going to do? Um, you know, this guy, I mean, they're going to, you know, he's liable to attack me because I was just going off. I saw him being here with you. And he said, well, I don't be here with you either. So, anyway, long story short, every time I would say something, this man had a scripture perfectly timed. Wow. I I mean, boom. The instant I said it, well, Brother Don, it is written. (laughs) Bam, bam, bam. Scripture for the perfect thing I just said. Wow. For two days, every time I would have a disparaging or discouraging word, he would hit me with scripture. Counterattack. And I said, um, and I mean, this... This brother was a he little younger word. than me, mm-hmm. but I mean, he had it down. Wow. And finally, we come to a place here where, because um, he knew that I had been with the Lord, and then this happened. Mm-hmm. And he said, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm sick of hearing about that Bible. I said, if the Bible has all the answers in it, why can't 
why isn't it all in there? Why aren't the answers in there? And I'll never forget, I was on the top bunk. He was against the wall, and we were looking at each other eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And he said, because uh, he didn't give up on me. I mean, he was, he was, he was, you know, I was wrestling with, with uh, the angel like Jacob. Right. He let me go. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, he looked up the Lord and he looked, he looked up the Lord and then he looked me right in the eye. And I'll never forget. I see his face this day. The look in his eye, the fire of God was in his eye. And he said, brother Don, if it was all in there, what would be the need in faith? Wow. He said, you got to have faith. Amen. You've got to get faith. Yep. You've got to get faith in the Lord right now. And man, I'm going to tell you, Steve, the Holy ghost came over me and I broke. Mm. Praise God. And I just began to weep and Mm. I began to repent. And I said, God, I'm sorry for this weakness. Mm -hmm. I know now that the Lord had taken that time right there. The next day, me and him talked, me and that brother, the rest of the night, all night. They come and got him out of there at four in the morning and took him where he was going. Yeah. And um, I still believe that man was an angel sent by God. Mm. I still believe that. Powerful. That was divine providence yep. because in that time right there, I was, I got put it back into a holding cell to see if I would go on and do my three years. I was 10 days of going home to my family who needed me. Wow. I was facing seven years. I would have to do three of minimum. I wrote a letter to the judge and I said, you know, I just pled my case that I had a bad moment you know mm-hmm. and I asked him please forgive me and I just poured out my heart in this letter and I mailed it and I had no opportunity I didn't know what would happen Right. and it came to midnight the day that I sat out there for seven days mm-hmm. out of that once I got out of the holding cell and I thought well I'm going to prison and um, and it, it, it was just devastating and at midnight they come and got me out of nowhere they mm. took me to Benton County, Missouri, Benton. where I had other charges that uh, were uh, minor charges, but they were enough. I had to bond. I get bonded out there. My dad comes and gets me. It's about four in the morning. I get home to Windsor, Missouri. And the next morning, my aunt's going to church, the Assembly of God Church in Windsor, Missouri. Yes. And... Um, at 10.30 that next day, we go to church, and in that service, Pastor Gene Strand extends mm. the call for salvation. Praise God. And I went to the altar, and God came over me like a mighty river. Amen. And I'll tell you, um, I got down these steps, mm. and you know something, Steve? There were friends that I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew who I was. Yes. Everybody in that room knew who I was. I'd become infamous in my life. Mm. I was famously infamous. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But they also remembered me when, before I went down this broken road, they remembered me from high school when I was, uh, you know, I was headed to be a lawyer and I was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I loved everybody. I was very outgoing. I, everybody, I knew everybody. They yeah. all, we all, lo- you know, I love them. They love me. Mm-hmm. And here's these brothers surrounded me, praying for me. And mm-hmm. I just asked God, I said, you got to help me. I want to be a good dad. This yeah. is it. This is the, this is the truth. I, you know, I found you in prison. Now, if I'm going to, I need you on, in life. Mm-hmm. This is where it began. 
Yep. And man, I tell you what, all all of us were crying. Mm. Those brothers were praying for me and crying. Oh, beautiful. And the Lord came upon me. And so I spent eight months going through classes and I was trying to get a furlough because my kids were still in um, Nebraska with my aunt, but I had to go through certain requirements. So every Sunday I was in that church and I stayed with a cousin of mine who was much younger and her husband, and they let me home plan there. And in that eight months, I lived in my hometown. Mm. I went and seen that judge that had let me out. And he said, if you wouldn't have wrote me that letter, I was going to send you away. Wow. And he said, you can't mess this up. He Mm -hmm. said, one thing and you're gone. And I said, I know. Mm -hmm. And I know now, Steve, that the Lord had put me in that holding cell right before I got home with that brother that knew scripture that man that I'd say he's probably a preacher today I don't know what happened to him but I, mm. I pray that God's best Amen. because it snapped me it snapped me around you see what I mean oh Steve? yeah definitely I had to get rattled and shaken because yep. I had cruised through the program because I'm a likable person mm-hmm. and I, you know what I mean? But yep. I had to have, I, he took me in and shook me and said, this is the fight for your life. Amen. You're going to have to fight brother. You're going to have to fight son. Mm. Cause the road ahead is not certain. And you're going to get home and face the same things that about kill yep. you. And then I gave my, and it brought me to that altar there mm. in the Assembly of God, Windsor. Yeah. And I spent every Sunday on the front pew of that church by myself. Praise God. I got a, restored my relationship with my dad. It, mm. it was mended and repaired to what it, better than it had ever been before. Amen. I stayed clean and sober for those eight months. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm. My hometown where all the problems that I had were still available to yes. me. Yes. I would go and see Teresa and spend days with her. And then I got the opportunity to come to Nebraska. Mm. So I come to Nebraska. I had five boxes of belongings because when I went to jail, my aunt come and got some of the things out of my home. Mm And the and then uh, you know put them in a storage shed, but most of it just got hauled out because there was nothing left of our life, right? You know, and so um, I had those boxes of belongings and about five bags of clothes. My uncle come and got me, and I headed for Nebraska with my aunt and uncle, whom we didn't have the best relationship over some things that had happened in the past, and plus who I was, right? I didn't know what I was headed to. I had my kids up here in Nebraska, and I knew that I had to start my life over from scratch. Mm. And right, you know, in that time, I didn't have any, um, you know, I didn't have any choice. I had to humble myself and yield my yeah. mouth to the bit of the Lord and Amen. go and let me. Yeah. So the I get to center. Nebraska, mm-hmm. and I don't have anything, and I live with my aunt and uncle, Mike and Penny Steinauer. And me and my boys, and they went, the first thing we did was got me a driver's license. I established with my probation officer, and I lived with them. And I worked with her husband, Mike, Mm -hmm. uh, doing electrical work and heating and air conditioning. So basically, I didn't know anything, and he just, I was his helper. Right. And you know something, Brother Steve, it's amazing. 
and I started going to their church, which mm-hmm. is a little church, non-denominational church, the Friendships Church, mm-hmm. and we began, and and I began to be involved in that. I didn't go, you know, uh, Wednesday nights or Sunday nights, and I didn't go to, um, um, you know, Bible study, but I went faithfully to church, and I loved it. And there was a pastor there named Bonnie Perkins. And everybody in that church had already loved on my kids. And I found out that every Sunday they had asked for prayer requests. Mm. My son, James, would get up five years and six years old and would say, pray for my mom and dad. Wow. And they would pray every week for my mom and dad. And little did they know they prayed me to their church. Isn't that something? It's amazing. Praise God. Yes. That's God for you. And this was a small church, and they had a, listen to this, brother, they were a church full of registered foster parents. Wow. Pastor Bonnie worked at a a, um, rehab facility (laughs) and was a spiritual advisor there. Praise God. So every, everything you like, needed of all the churches you could send me, yeah. this one was fully equipped yes. and trained and qualified to For... handle what me and my boys were going through. Yes. Amen. And I worked with Mike and, um, and you know, in the eight months we had maybe two little incidents mm-hmm. and when you live with somebody and you work with them every day, Oh yeah. You see them all day. That's nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. They, we got my kids back, the custody that I'd given to my aunt, guardianship. We got the kids back in my name, saved up enough money through God's grace. And in this time, I got hit with three more charges from old charges okay, in Missouri. From the past. Mm-hmm. That had, they had come back to haunt me after two years of mm-hmm. being up here. Wow. But I was making trips back to see Teresa. She was still going in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. This nursing home took incredible great care of her. And uh, through God's grace and, and divine power, somehow the money, I always had enough to make it back, and I beat these charges. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them, they actually tried to charge me for manslaughter on, uh, mm-hmm. uh, down the road. But uh, they were trying to charge me on things with my wife after she had gone to be with the Lord, which was two years after the accident. Okay. So two years after the accident, and actually a nurse had told me that um, usually because of complications, and she actually, this nursing home that she was in, they treated her so well. Mm. So we go and lay her to rest, Mm -hmm. and... um, I was taking care of these charges in Windsor. I was going back and forth a lot. God made a way where there was no way. Right. I just don't even know. I look back on it now, Steve, and I don't even know how I got the money to do it all. <laughs> and uh, through this working and saving, we got me and the boys got out and got a house. Mm-hmm. We're going to church. The boys are involved in school activities. I become involved in school activities. Nice. Uh, you know, doing great. And, um, Man, I'll tell you, we had a new life for ourselves. We reconnected with a lot of friends and mm-hmm. family that we'd been estranged from. Yeah. And um, God really began to move. And during this time, I, um, our pastor, Bonnie Perkins, who was like a spiritual mother to me, mm-hmm. she was working. She knew, she saw God was changing me because I would go down to these... There would be these setbacks of these court cases, and I'd come back and I'd say, 
this happened and this happened, but I know God's going to turn it around. And I had a praise report. Every week there was a praise report. I had something to praise God for because, Amen. brother, just before that, I was at the lowest that a man can be. Mm. And if we would look at our lives, we would see how much we had to praise God for. Yes. There's so much that we could thank him for. Oh, my gosh, yes, definitely. Well, Pastor Bonnie gets um, finds out that she's terminally ill with cancer. Hmm. And it's, it's terrible. It's everywhere. And it was really caught everybody off guard. And I'd like to say, you know, I, w- I went to all the, the fellowship dinners, and I was an active member of our church, but I wasn't involved all the way, you know. Mm-hmm. And someone calls and says um, that we needed to have a prayer vigil every night. So I began to, I went to those prayer vigils. Every night at seven for a year, we prayed for Pastor Bonnie, and I started going with a group of about eight people. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Ghost come upon me, Steve. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, I began to pray like I, I didn't even know how I was praying like that. Right. In the beginning, I would sweat great, great, just great sweat would jump off of my head. Mm-hmm. And I would think, it's going to land on somebody. This is embarrassing. Right. And, uh, now I see, you know, a Lord was squeezing the wine press. He had me in the wine press, squeezing that old me out of there. There you go. But I mean, the Holy Spirit come on me in a powerful way. In that year, mm. I read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm. I began to pray in my prayer language. I began to understand the Bible. I didn't Amen. just read it, but I understood mm-hmm. it. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes. And, uh, and the church was struggling with some things and, and, you know, we were praying for a pastor and long story short, I said, I think I have a message. Amen. And I got up and gave this message on mm-hmm. praying big. And, um, when, when I was done with that message, everybody there knew God was doing something. Yeah. I, I even, when I got done, I thought, I don't even remember talking to <laughs> part of it. That's uh, right. Holy Spirit you leading. Know, and God began to do a work there. Mm-hmm. And um, and you ended up going to school, didn't you? Yeah, I ended up going to Bible college after about three years of ministry because um, I just was led to, but God had made me a preacher by then through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I got put on the, um, I got hired on and uh, these messages. Mm-hmm. I preached for a long time just on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I was ordained, and um, mm. the first week that I was ordained, I went to Missouri, and I started a, a, an outreach in the park in my hometown. Yes. Three, the first, I got ordained, and uh, the next week I was there, and we began to do this outreach, and we've had eight years of it. This will be the eighth year Praise coming up. Praise God. And, uh, and we baptized people right there in the park in Windsor. Mm-hmm. I think, in brother, uh, going on nine years of ministry, the Lord has allowed me to be a part of over 400 salvations. Praise God. Almost 250 plus baptisms, 40 yes. dedicated. It's been an amazing journey what God has done. Um, mm-hmm. I've got three wonderful children. You know, I was married to a wonderful woman and, and 
however it ended up it was beautiful at the time it was incredibly powerful it mm-hmm. helped me in many ways but I have a son James who's 19 now mm-hmm. I have a son Jesse who's 15 and I have a son Tucker who's 8 Little and Tucker. Tucker's like a mini me yes he, he is just like me <laughs> a little tank he's me all over again but the older two boys favor their mom mm-hmm. which is beautiful because she was a beautiful person yes, inside now and they look like her and they have her gentle spirit and um, brother God has helped me honor wow. not only my praying grandmother mm-hmm. who never gave up on me and told yes. people that I was going to be a preacher and mm. everybody said you're crazy Catherine this will never happen Yep, I'm, I'm not only a preacher but I'm an anointed preacher that God is filled with the Holy Ghost Amen. I didn't go to school and get you know I went to Bible college for two years Steve yep. I had exemplary grades mm-hmm. there was one class Bible Old Testament survey I got a 998 in it if it weren't a couple of punctuation errors right. I would have had a perfect score mm-hmm. and you know for an old boy that dropped out in the 10th grade and run hard, burning yes. his brains out with everything that, that mm-hmm. I could put in there. You know, God has done miracles. Yes. My children, Praise my God. son was a great uh, wrestler. Yes. Uh, James, the one I've talked about all through this. Baptizing people. Is a fine man, and he's mm-hmm. gone into that water in Windsor with me. Yes, he has. From the time he was 14, 13 on, and mm-hmm. has baptized so many people with me. Praise God, the, brother. My son, Jesse, he knows the Bible mm. as good as I do. Wow. I mean, you know, we love the Lord. Yeah. My little boy, Tucker, gave his life to Jesus sitting right here at this table. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, one morning eating cereal, him and I, him <laughs> and I, as pure as can be. It wasn't drummed up. It wasn't fancy. I'd, right. I'd been talking to him. He loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. We have a thing, Steve, where we say, who loves Jesus? And everybody puts their hand up. Me! What a testimony. We pray every single night together. My boys know how to pray out loud. Mm. They know that you open the door for an elder. You give your seat to a lady. They know that God is the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They watch their dad uh, come up. And, Mm. you know, the younger ones don't remember, but James does. He remembers where I was and God has brought me. Wow. And, um, you know, it's ministry and serving the Lord will stretch you. Mm-hmm. But it, he does these things because I told you this analogy before that I like to use, Steve, but I was a, I was a stallion. I was a wild stallion running free, mm-hmm. and I could run hard with the best of them. But I did not know how. I could not. I was no good to anybody. Yeah. A horse that runs wild and free, oh, it's a beautiful thing to watch. But it 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 does it when you don't know how to do anything else but run wild and free. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to come to a place where running wild and free doesn't serve you. You need to know how to get through some things in life. Yep, that's right. And when I found the Lord, mm. I often compare it to this when I'm with the Lord. I am a horse and he is my rider. He's my master. Amen. And I submit myself to my master. And yep. you take a horse that's that's finally once he's broke, mm-hmm. once 
horse. He doesn't break the, the a good horseman won't break the horse's will or his spirit. Right. He breaks his rebellion to want a buck. Yes. Once that horse realizes, you know, this is the one who's feeding me, mm -hmm. he brushes me down, yes. he cares for me. He's gentle with me. He, you know, once you submit to that bit in your mouth, the yep. way the scripture says, when the Lord says turn left, I turn left. When the Lord says Amen. turn right, I turn right. I've seen incredible things that God has done, Steve, that are miracles. Mm -hmm. And they're not miracles in that, like on, you know, TV miracles. I mean, there's people's lives changed. Yeah. And that's what I live for is to Amen. see people know what I know. Yes. That, and I challenge you today, mm -hmm. if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, you're, you're going against the one who is taking care of you. Mm. Submit to the rider, submit to the Lord, Amen. because he will teach you how to jump over things you didn't yes. think you could jump through. He will run with you mm. greater than you ever ran wild and free because now you're going somewhere. Amen. You look at a horse that submits to its rider, he can run headlong into war, mm -hmm. battle, and do it courageously Amen. because he knows the one who is with him. Yep. They're in it together. That's powerful. They'll put the horse to the plow mm -hmm. and you'll, you'll feed a thousand people. Mm. Hallelujah, you put Amen. the horse to pull in the buggy. I mean, you know, the things that God does, mm. where when we can finally realize that, that when I finally realized that God was not trying to take away from me, but God was trying to teach me and help yes, me. Yes, pour into you. I became, I became something that God could use because of where I'd been. Mm. Not because of who I am, but because who he is and where he brought me out of. Amen. And I'm reminded of this passage in, in Luke, uh, chapter 17, beginning in verse 10, Jesus says in the words in red, two men went up into the temple to pray, mm -hmm. the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week, and I give tithes to all that I possess. And the publican, the regular, the, the, the sinner, mm. standing afar off in the back of the temple, would not lift so much as his eyes onto heaven but beat upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Yes. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, shall be humbled, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Mm -hmm. John says in his gospel that, you did not choose me, but I chose you. you. Mm -hmm. Jesus says this, another word, these are the words in red, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Amen. And that your fruit should remain. That whenever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you these things I command you, that you love one another. Yes. Brother, the fruit that the Lord wants to give us mm -hmm. is saving our marriage, mm. restoring, 
you know, rebellious children or, or broken father relationship, perhaps your parents and you haven't have had been at odds and maybe your parents weren't like me. They weren't mm-hmm. perfect. They made terrible choices in life. But here we are at these places. And God chose me to tell you today that I don't care what you've been through in your life. Mm -hmm. With God, all things are possible. And there is hope where it does not look like there is hope. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that Patrick Henry said this. He said, sirs, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of men and nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not the strong alone. It is the vigilant, the active, and the brave. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the chains of slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Now, this is in context of the Revolutionary War, but these chains that you and I Mm -hmm. are battling are chains of sin. They're chains of family bloodlines and curses. When you think I was born this way, my family's this way, we'll never get out of it. We cannot change. I'm telling you today, sirs and ma'am, we do not fight our battles alone. That's right. There is a just God who presides over us. Mm -hmm. And there are friends like me and Steve who want to fight with you and for you Mm -hmm. in the prayer room. In the in the room of love, yes. Because God has saved us from our sin. Mm-hmm. God had broken us and broken us loose from that life of emptiness. Mm-hmm. I was the sinner beating my chest in the back of that in the back of that chapel while my wife was suffering. I say, God, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I beat my chest in the, in that room in that in that prison cell. God, I don't know what to do. Mm. I beat my chest. And I said, I'm a sinner. And I don't have anything to offer you. But I will surrender my life to you. I will serve you. If you'll teach me, if you'll show me the way, Father God, mm. I'll do it. Yes. And I have my children back. And I will see my wife again in heaven. She was saved by mm. grace through faith. And I will see her again. And I will have raised up men who know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you today, as a man who's been to hell and back, Mm. that humble yourself before the Lord. Ask him to fill your heart full Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Praise Jesus for his blood on the cross. Because he didn't do that so that he could hold you accountable. He did that because he wanted to get you away from your sin and save you. He wants to hold you accountable, but in a way that is loving Mm. because he chose us that we would bear fruit. What is fruit in the Holy Spirit? Loving, kindness, goodness. It's restoring fathers and sons. Mm. It's making a way where there is no way. Mm -hmm. What I've seen in my life is I run with the devil and his power had only the power to destroy me, isolate me, and make me feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. 
But when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I had the power to overcome my shame, my fear, my doubt, my past, my obstacles, my brokenness. And I found the power to be a good man who stands in the light, humble before God and then the world, and say, I am a sinner saved by grace. Yes. And all I want you to know today is whatever you're going through, there is a helper. Yes. There is God. one who is holy. Closer and than a brother. just as this said, we are not fighting our battles alone. That's right. Give me liberty or give me death. Mm. Give me liberty because where the spirit of the Lord is, brother There's Steve, freedom. there is liberty. Yes. Yes. There is freedom. Mm-hmm. There is strength. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a simple, humble life of being a dad and a servant of God has become the most beautiful thing I never knew I needed in all the world. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother, that's powerful. I'm going to have you go ahead and pray because you just sealed it. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome, man. Good stuff. Father God, mm. thank you, Jesus, for yes. those who have listened. And I pray right now, Jesus, if there's anyone who has never given their life to Mm. Jesus, that they would today. Mm. They would just simply say this prayer. Mm. Lord, Mm. say it right out loud. Yes. I am a sinner. Mm -hmm. I am a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Please come upon me, Holy Spirit. Mm. Guide me and teach me in the way of holiness. Mm -hmm. I ask you, Lord, to turn my life around. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. I surrender my will to you. I follow you all the days of my life. Mm -hmm. If you said that prayer, you've Mm -hmm. made the first two steps. You confessed your sin and you believed in your heart. Now spend the rest of your life following Jesus. Find a good Holy Spirit-filled church. Find good people in your life. Feed the light Mm -hmm. and not the darkness. Mm -hmm. Father God, I pray that this message would make a difference for somebody today. Mm -hmm. And I pray a blessing over Steve Lewis and his family, his children and his children's children on to the end of days. Mm -hmm. Lord God, have your way in our lives. Help all the broken people. And help us who are saved to bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Wow. Powerful, folks. There you have it. Hey, Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show, brother. This isn't our last show together, that's for sure. You know, yes, appreciate sir. you. And for anybody who did ask Jesus Christ into their life as their Savior and Lord, leave us a message because the next step is some discipleship and some training up and equipping. And that's very that's important. True. And so powerful message, you know, for those of you who stuck it out and listened to part one and part two, this is going to change your life. I know this has changed your life. I'm sitting here doing the recordings and I'm my life's being changed. I'm hearing things I didn't know about. Such a blessing. Jamie, I love you, brother. Love you, man. Man of God. I love you too, Steve. Yeah. Thank you for, for allowing me to oh my gosh, share yes. my testimony. Hey, this ministry I'm doing relevance for today is all about sharing the love of Jesus and whatever way is possible, 
if that's sharing my brother's testimonies, my sister's testimonies, having them on here so they can be heard around the world, then so be it. Because we don't know who out there is, uh, is needing to hear that message, to need the near, you know, needing to hear that message about hope, about love, about no matter how bad I think I'm been in this world, there's hope. And that's so important. There it is. Yes. So, folks, don't forget, get over and subscribe to YouTube. Check us out on any podcast app. Get subscribed. That way you can hear whenever we have a notification comes out or whenever we've got a podcast episode that you'll be able to listen to. Hey, with that being said, hey, God bless you all. May this message touch your hearts. Share it with somebody that needs it. God bless you. Once again, Jamie, love you, brother. Thanks for being on the show, man. Love you, too. Yep. Love everybody. Yes. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Hey, uh, Pastor Jamie Hargett in Nebraska, get in touch with him. Get connected with him on Facebook, and I'm encouraging him to get a podcast out there, too. So, hey, I'm going to close once again. With that being said, hey, love you all. God bless. Take care of yourselves. Peace.